Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. I have a very important message for us. It is a prophetic message, but it is present truth. In other words, it's not prophetic future, it's prophetic now. It's something that is will be uh, is being fulfilled now as we speak. And I have entitled it Love the more excellent way to power. In recent times, I've been hearing, I listen, you know, I listen to other people because no one has a monopoly of the wisdom of God. And we need one another in the body of Christ. I think one of the biggest problems that occurred in the last move, when I say the last move, that's from 1948 downwards when uh, there was a healing revival in America, it came after World War II. Kenneth Hagin saw it, prophesied about it. And some other people like uh, Gordon Lindsay, who started the voice of healings. And there were a lot of great men who were greatly anointed. There was an outpouring of the power of the Holy Spirit. And many uh, uh, great men like William Branham and, and Jack Cole and many others. A.A. Allen, you know, uh, Oral Roberts, who many of us know. You know, he's dead now, but, you know, he was in our generation, you know, and great things happened. But alas, alas, after a few years, that revival died out. And in fact, some of the main actors, you know, had to be taken to heaven prematurely because they missed God. And now one of the reasons why I'm preaching this message now is so that what, what is coming, we will not make the mistakes of our fathers and one other thing i discovered uh I, I was very young i was just in my 20s you know when i first heard kenneth hagan in 1980 1979 1980 you know i went to america and i had quite a host of uh, bible teachers and spiritual fathers i was following ew kenyon kenneth hagan ken copeland all belong to what you call the faith camp Later on, I got to listen to Derek Prince, you know, who's a fantastic, wonderful uh, uh, Bible teacher that God used tremendously. I, I, I listened and followed uh, Paul Yonge Cho, who's also gone home to be the Lord now, you know. And I also, uh, God led me to hear prophetic teachers, uh, S.G. Elton here in Nigeria, then men like Bill Britton and uh, George Warnock. I had the privilege some years ago, about 10, 15 years ago, and I still do up till now. I used to send part of my tithe on a monthly basis to George Warnock. He was still alive. He died some years ago. He would write me a personal letter, with his, not typed, with his handwriting, thanking me for sending that uh, money to him and tell, telling me that he was still, they're still expecting the glory of God. All these men prophesied great and mighty things. Bill Britton, his daughter is still alive. She just sent me a note day before yesterday because I always send 
part of my monthly uh, tithe of the tithes to them. So, and she said to me, she said, Dear Olubi, I'm not reading everything, you know. You know, thanks so much for supporting this ministry. The money you sent this month, we used it to print so many books and sent it to so many places, you know. And I thanked her. Um, but there was something I noticed. There's a reason why I went through all of that. They didn't listen to each other. That's what I observed in their teachings. You would see Ken Hagen would teach some things, you know, that Derek Prince didn't teach, but Derek Prince would not say those same things. There are some things Derek Prince taught that Ken Hagen didn't say some of those things. And some of the things the kingdom teachers taught that the faith people didn't talk about, you know, at least I didn't hear them say it, you know. And how God had mercy on me, I, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me, was I had the privilege of listening to all of them. Then I now saw the gaps and was able by the grace of God to put things together. So I took what was necessary from the kingdom camp. I took what was necessary from Derek Prince. I took what was necessary from Yonge Cho. It was Yonge Cho. Kenneth Hagen taught about praying in tongues one hour every day. But it was Yonge Cho that said you should get up 4.30 in the morning. I learned that from Yonge Cho. As a young Christian, you know, that you need to get up. He had this thing, Prayer Mountain. It's still there in, 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 in Seoul, South Korea. And had the biggest church in the world. But there were some other areas he didn't listen to some of the other people in. That's why I said no man has a monopoly of God's wisdom. The reason why God put apostles and prophets, pastors and teachers in the church, apostles need apostles. Prophets need prophets. Pastors need other pastors. We need to hear one another. Because there are some things you may have and somebody else will have something that will complement what you have and make it better. And you get into pride and, and foolishness when you don't listen to others. Now, of course, that's, that's with, a, with, a, with some degree of reservation. You don't listen to everybody. And you don't, you don't uh, um, take everything that you hear, hooks, line, and sinker. You know, you have to judge it. And make sure it's in line with the word. And then, you know, the bad part of it, because some people will say some good things and there's some, some very terrible things. So you have to make a distinction and all of that. But God had mercy on me and helped me. And so I've come up with this message. Love, the more excellent way to power. I'd like you to follow me in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, it's the very last verse, verse 31, I believe it is. Before I read it, I want to say, and in fact, incidentally, this is where we're going to start next week because I think I finished communion. I'll just talk, you know, probably just summarize it next week and then go into chapter 12 uh, in, our, in our Bible hour, you know. But chapter 12 is one of the most important chapters in the Bible because it talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and more, probably more importantly or just as importantly, the fact that the, um, the, the, the church is a spiritual body. A spiritual organism, you know, and he talks of all of those things. Now, at the end of that chapter, he now says this, but covet earnestly the best gifts, yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Excellent way of what? A excellent way of having all the gifts. I'm having the best gifts, you know, um, without going into too much theology. 
You have three categories of gifts. You got the revelation gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning's of spirits. Then you have the power gifts, the gift of special faith, workings of miracles, and the gifts of healings, both in plural. I learned all that from Derek Prince. All that I learned from Derek Prince, you know, because he was a Greek scholar. You know, he spoke many languages, you know. So he said all those things are in plural in the Greek. It's not gift of healings. It's gifts of healings, you know. And then, of course, you have the utterance gifts or the vocal gifts, which are prophecy, diversities of tongues, and interpretations of tongues. Again, it's not one interpretation. Depending on the spiritual level of the person, one person will bring an interpretation. A more mature person will bring a clearer interpretation. You know, <laughs> I don't want to get into all of that because of time. But he now tells us that there is a more excellent way of getting the power of God in all these gifts of the Spirit. Whether they be, you know, revelation gifts, whether they be power gifts, and whether they be utterance gifts. And I will explain as we go along. And that way is the way of love. And so in uh, chapter 13, uh, I'm not going to read everything because of time, but you know, it's, a, it's all 13 verses. I won't. Let me, I'll just summarize what Paul said. He said, even if I speak in tongues, if I don't have love, it's just noise making. He said, if I have prophecy and I don't have love, he says, and I have faith and I can remove mountains, he says, I'm nothing. He says, if I give all my goods to the poor and, and, and my body to be burned, that's why good deeds, as good as they are, are not necessarily a fruit, a, a, a evidence of the fruit of the Spirit. Many Christians make that mistake. They think, oh, this person gave food to the poor. He did this. You know, there was somebody recently, you know, he's dead now, you know, who used to do a lot of good things. And we say, oh, it must be a man of God. Not necessarily. The Bible says, if I do all of that, if I don't have love, and not just any love, agape, divine love. He said, it profits me uh, nothing. Then he begins to explain, I think I'll read that portion, the characteristics of divine love. How, 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 how it operates in, in interpersonal relationships. You know, this is one of the reasons why you know that God has to be three persons. Because to be love, you have to be able to show love to somebody else. And this is, this is wonderful. You find that you, that's, this is how God has been from eternity. And when he died creating angels and things, he always related to all his creation with this. Love endures long. You know, the King James says uh, a charity. But if you look at the, let me, let me read from the, uh, let me read from the Amplified. Let me read from the Amplified. Says love endures long. I didn't hear you. And he's patient and kind. You see three fruits of the spirit in that one statement. The first one is long suffering. The second one is patience. The second, third one is kindness. All these are in the fruit of the spirit that Paul listed in Galatians chapter five, which we're going to be reviewing later on in this message. So the love is actually the fruit of the all the fruit of the spirit. When you combine them together, you get love. Just like white light. For those of us who know a little bit of physics, you don't even have to know physics. Just, it's, it's, you know, uh, uh, when, when you put white light and you put it through a prism, the, the prism, you know, uh, um, um, 
differentiates the different frequencies of the light. So you will see red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. These are the components of white light. When you put them together, you get white light. When you separate them, you see them in there. That's how love is. Love is the embodiment of all of the fruit of the spirit. But when you now differentiate, you now see, you know, uh, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control, and patience. You see all this in this scripture. Love is never envious nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious. Love is not proud. So humility is intrinsic in love. It does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride, what I just said. It is not rude. It is not unmannerly. does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. It is not self-seeking. You can't be self-seeking if you are one person. That's why, you see, when Jesus came as the second person of the Godhead to the earth, he, he didn't tell the Father and the Holy Spirit that we are, we are equal. You know, you cannot, don't tell me that. I'm not going to go to that cross. I can't, can I disgrace myself like that? That's, that's a carnal mind thinking. That's why he, he didn't want to go because it was a very shameful death. So he said, if it be possible, he was, he was courteous. Even though he was equal with God, he was courteous. He said, you know, uh, if it be possible, let us come. But if it's not, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Let's give the Lord Jesus a super clap offering. I, I, I want a standing ovation. Give it properly. Give it properly. You don't understand what Jesus did. Sit down. Sit down now. You don't understand what Jesus did. He, he, Paul got a revelation of He said, who though, you know, being equal with God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but took upon himself the form of a servant. It's love. Because that's the character of God. It's, it's not rude. It's not unmanly. It, it does not insist. He, didn't, he, he, he said, if it be possible. But he didn't insist. He does not insist on his own rights or his own way. He's not self-seeking. He wasn't, he wasn't thinking of himself alone. He was thinking of God the Father, the Holy Spirit, all of us, the plan of redemption. He wasn't thinking about his own, his own convenience, how he was going to be stripped naked on a cross. His own creation would slap him, you know, blindfold him and say, prophesy, who slapped you? He saw all of that in the spirit. That's why uh, he, shri- he, 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 he was shrinked from it naturally. But he said, nevertheless, that's love in oppression. Not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. Pays no attention to the suffered wrong. Peter denied him three times that night. One of his closest disciples. And he prophesied it. We'll talk about that later on. You know, but he didn't, he didn't take it against Peter. Immediately he was resurrected. The first person said, go and call Peter. Go and call Peter. It takes no account. He knew what Peter did. You know, we're going to see more of that as God helps us. You know, he does not rejoice. I didn't just it on righteousness, but he rejoices when right and through it. Even when God has to punish the evil, and he, has to, he doesn't rejoice in it. God never rejoices in the destruction of anybody, his own creation, or even his enemies. He does it because it has to be done for justice, but he doesn't rejoice in it. He doesn't take joy in, he said, he said it's in the Bible, 
you know, somewhere in Jeremiah. He said, I don't have joy in the, you know, in the, the death of the wicked. He said, what do I want? I want you to repent. I don't want you to die. That's the person God is. You know, some of us, we rejoice when something bad happens to somebody else. We're happy in our heart. Even if we don't say it with our mouth. You haven't yet developed the love of God. If you develop the love of God, you will notice that even when the person deserves it, you find that God is always looking for a way to reduce the punishment. He's always looking for a way, if he can, to deliver the person. He'll, still, he'll punish the wicked, don't misunderstand me. But he doesn't, it, it, it's not something he takes joy in. That's God's character. I've said it so many times. I said it last week. I'm going to repeat it again today. It is not God, it is not love that defines God. It is God who defines love. This is how God is. And he hasn't changed. He hasn't undergone therapy. He's been like this from, from eternity. Before angels were created. Before men were created. And he's still the same today. He has never changed. Another clap offering for the Lord. Does not rejoice at injustice, unrighteousness, but rejoice when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. Love never fails. Never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. Then he talked about prophecy and all of these other things. Let, let me just, let me stop there. I want you to understand that this is the more excellent way to power. Men are always looking for power, both Christian and sinner. But let's concentrate on the Christian now. Christians want power. Everybody wants anointing. Everybody wants power. You know, everyone wants the glory of God. And that's why I'm preaching this message. Because of this Feast of Tabernacles that is coming and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit without measure. It is only going to be given to people who are already, one, they've made a decision. Two, the decision is being followed by action. They're already practicing and perfecting the love of God. They have made love the priority of their life. If you're not like that, you're not going to taste it. He will bypass you. Because you can't be trusted. When you get power, you will misuse it. Which, sadly, was what happened to all the other revivals. These great men I spoke about, you know, after some time, pride, you know, uh, came in and, 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 and covetousness, you know, and, and all kinds of uh, the loss of the flesh. The loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes and the pride of life. And so after a while, the revival died out. I noticed something. I've been in this thing now for 43 years. I got born again in 1979. I had the privilege and honor of attending Assemblies of God Church in West London. You know, pastored by uh, um, Bernard and Ida Porter. Both of them are dead now. They're with the Lord. That church was a very, was a very strategic church. I didn't know, of course. I had no idea. You know, God just led me supernaturally there. It happened to be just behind my hostel. I was in a postgraduate hall called Lillian Penson Hall in Sussex Gardens. It's, you know, just behind Paddington train station in London. And just behind the station is the church. 
I had no idea. When I was filling my forms in Nigeria, I didn't know where, where it was where, but it was God. God arranged so that it would be so, so close to me and I'll go to that church. Bernard Porter was one of the um, officials of the Assemblies of God in the whole of Great Britain. And anytime great men of God came to town, he was usually part of the committee that will host them and come. So that church had the privilege of having some of the greatest preachers in the world. Young Etro preaching that church. Kenneth Hagin preaching that church. You know, I think Billy Graham, if, I, if, I, if I, I'm talking about in the 1950s. 19, yeah, 1950s, early 60s, you know. Many of the great men. O. Smith Wigglesworth, you know, was, 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 a, was a friend and, 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 a, and a preacher and, and a mentor. A spiritual father to, 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 the, to the porters. He used to even live in their house. To, you know, when it comes to their house. And I remember I took Pastor Wally one time some years ago to go and greet Mrs. Porter. And Mrs. Porter went to go and bring out the medicine bottle that um, we used to use. He used to put anointing oil inside and he gave it to them as a souvenir. She kept it all these years, you know. And she would always tell me and, you know, tell us stories about old great Wigglesworth. What I'm saying is that God, in his infinite mercy and in his kindness, plugged me in into a spiritual pedigree I had no idea about. And it was very significant because he had a call and a job for me. And one, so I heard great stories about these men and some of the great things that they did. In addition to what I also read, you know, in books. And one thing that happened was that all of them died down. In, by the time I got to England in 1979, there were very few churches in which you would see the gifts of the Spirit in operation. Thank God our church was one. Pastor Porter, Mrs. Porter, and myself, and one or two other elders, we almost regularly had diversities of tongues, interpretations of tongues, and prophecy. It was where I got to see the supernatural. Ah! Because I would hear Pastor Potter prophesy under unction about things he didn't even believe when he's in his normal self. And I knew it was God. I'm sure I've told you this story. Well, two things, you know. When, when I wanted to go to America for Canadian cabinet, I didn't have money. I had bought my uh, 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 I didn't have a visa. I didn't have money. I had bought my ticket. You know, uh, it was a special ticket, very cheap for students. But I, the money for my foreign exchange hadn't come. My visa, and so I couldn't go for my visa. And it was the last day. The Sunday night before I was to travel. One woman who normally doesn't come to church. I, I can't, to, today, I can't remember that woman. She was in one corner of the church. So, just as Pastor Potter was about to close the service, she just got up. And she gave, in Assemblies of God, we call it, she gave an utterance in tongues. We call it a message in tongues. She, and Pastor Potter now interpreted. Don't be afraid. I'm the one who is sending you. I will provide it. You know, be strong and of a good courage. Go. Ah! I knew it was word for me. So I knew I was going to America. And you know what? Within 24 hours, to cut a long story short, God provided the money. 
I was able to go. I actually missed my flight. That flight, a special ticket, you know. I had to go all the way to the American embassy. Somebody gave me some money. So I got the visa. It wasn't like today. It was so easy in those days. You know, they said, they said well, yeah, I showed my ID card. I was from Imperial College. I was, you know, I was summer holidays and I was just going for a week to America. I took Word of Faith magazine. I can never forget it. You know, and showed the man. <laughs> American embassy official doesn't know anything about Word of Faith. But I showed him anyway. You know, about Ken Hagen camp meeting, and that's what I was going for. I was student. I was coming back because I was still doing my project. We done our exams, but I was still doing my project. So the man just looked at me and said, Oh, it's very hot now in Tulsa. Make sure you have a good time. Bam. <laughs> End of story. That's how I got the visa. You know, I rushed back to Heathrow. When I got to Heathrow, the plane had gone. So they said, I special ticket. You've missed it and all of that. I said, Please, can I see a supervisor? They said, Wait here. So one elderly man, he was TWA. You know, they've, they've scrapped it now. You know, Transworld Airlines. So one elderly man, you know, white hair, very nice man. I just approached him. They said he's the boss, you know, he's the overall supervisor who can give. So I just approached him. I said, my name is Olubi Johnson. I, I'm a student from Imperial College, my postgraduate. I just want to go for this. I missed the plane because I didn't have money. But I've got my visa and I just looked at me. He said, young man, come tomorrow. I'll put you on the plane. Endorse my ticket. Prophetic word. But I noticed something. There's a, I'm going somewhere. But by the time I came to Nigeria, I didn't see too much of that. There was a little bit of it. I must be frank. The IVCU, in those days, usually you will get some prophecy, uh, tongues, interpretation, to some degree. We had more of prophecy than tongues and interpretation, but we had it to some degree. You know, and as I went around with Brother Emiko to say that, brother, I noticed that most of the so-called full gospel, there were no gifts of the Spirit. It wasn't like what I was used to in London. There was, you know, you could hardly, you know, a lot of it was just, then as the years went by, that was 1980, 81, 82, 83, 84. I, you know what I noticed? The, 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 the manifesto just reduced. You hardly... He asked the average Christian today. He doesn't, he hasn't, in many of these churches, they've never seen the gifts of the Spirit in operation. Even when they say, is there all this fake word of wisdom, fake word of knowledge to make money? So they're used to the corrupted thing. And the reason is not far fetched. The reason is this God withdrew because the church did not emphasize the development of character. So what happened was that many of the gifts of the Spirit had become corrupted. But a new move is coming. And we got to get it right this time. And that is why love has now become the... It not has, it's not that it has become, it is, it has always been, you know. It, but it has now become God's prerequisite. For this move that is coming. If you don't develop love, you're not going to be a part of it. You'll be, a, you'll be a beneficiary. You'll be a spectator. But you will not be a participator. Now that's why I said it is the more excellent way. And as I met in, I said more excellent. It means that there are some other ways. And the Lord now spoke to me. He said, you can get the power of God by fasting and prayer. And our people believe in that a lot. You know, especially drive. Have you heard of drive fast? Biri biri, 
You know, no food, no water. You know, there you are. You know, I remember one book I saw. It was many, many years ago. It was by some funny guy. You know, the guy went into error and all of that. You know, he said, fasting and prayer, God's atomic weapon. And it's not, what he said was not untrue. Jesus said, this kind cannot come out except by fasting and prayer. But I want to tell you, I speak as a prophet, I, I, you know, with a prophetic anointing and apostle. I'm telling you that if you do fasting and prayer and you don't include love, you're not going anywhere. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you and God bless you.